So we're continuing our, our organic outreach sermon series. We're taking a break on it when Dr. Imad Shahada is here next week. And then we're going to pick right back up uh, until Thanksgiving. Okay, And then, um, and then we're going to be ready to launch into um, our, our, our Christmas sermon series. So Christmas is just around the corner when you think about it in sermon series. Um, but here, here's a quote I want to start out with. This is from Shelby Abbott. He's an author, radio host, and a campus minister. And this is what he says, okay? Personal testimonies are one of the most influential tools the Holy Spirit uses to spur spiritual interest and point people toward Christ. There is no more poignant and powerful way to communicate the gospel than by sharing our story. Not because we're so great, but because Jesus is so great. Now, again, this is, this is a man, a minister speaking, okay? This isn't the word of God, okay? But I, I want us to think about this. In your life, how powerful are stories, right? Sometimes we talk about like, uh, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words and things like that. But a lot of things that you probably remember in your life, you can, it goes back to a story that you heard. Even the, the, the narratives from the scripture like passed down uh, as, as real true stories. We can view our life as a part of his story, right? Not history, but his story that God is writing. And so you see, when you and I are able to share some of the ways that God is working in our life, I, I agree. I think that they are one of the most influential tools that the Holy Spirit uses to kind of pique interest. Wait, that happened to you? Could it maybe happen to me? I'm going through something similar like that. A way to draw people into the truth of God's word, to pique their interest. And so today, we're talking about the importance of sharing our stories, okay? Uh, but I, I want us to look at some, some biblical examples of people sharing their stories and what the outcome was. So let's go ahead and turn to the book of John chapter 4. Kind of a cool thing. Today I show up and Adam's like, hey, we're reading from John chapter 4 for our, for our um, scripture for today. I said, Awesome! That's in my sermon too, okay? So we're in, in John chapter 4. We're learning, uh, we're going to look at Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well. Okay, now we just read that a, a little bit ago, so we're not going to reread everything again. But the background of this, okay, and one quick thing. Here's why I want you to have your Bible open, okay? When I'm telling you about the background of it, you can look here and you can see, yep, what he's saying is true. That's good, okay? That's what the Bereans did in the book of Acts. Paul preached something, and they're like, hmm, that's interesting. Let me look in the scriptures. Yeah, that's true. That's good. They came back with more questions. Anytime you listen to somebody preaching on, online or here at the church, it's, what is, okay, scripture line up with that. Good. Okay? And if, you, if I preach something and you're like, hmm, that doesn't make sense, talk to me afterwards, okay? Because I want to I be on this. So, John chapter 4, Jesus approaches this woman at the well. We read it uh, earlier today. Uh, he's asked her for a drink of water. And then they have the conversation about this spiritual water. A water that, that if you drink, you'll never get thirsty again. In fact, it, it will well up to eternal life. And she's really interested in it. And so she wants to find out more about it. And, and then, so what, is, what does Jesus ask her to do? You look there in Scripture. What did he ask her to do? Before he started answering her question. Yeah, go get your, go get your husband. And she's like, well, I don't have one. He's like, you're right. You had five. And the guy you're with now isn't your husband. And she changes the, 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 the conversation. I see that you're a prophet. Okay. And then she asks him a question. Well, if you're a prophet, I have this question that's been bugging me, and not just me, but me and, and the Samaritans and the Jews for centuries. Oh, you're awesome. You're so sweet. I love being a dad. Do you, are we supposed to worship in Jerusalem, or can we worship here on this mountain? 
Okay? And he meets her there where she's at. But he's not going to answer that question, okay? Because he's like, look, a time is coming. It doesn't matter where you worship. It's how you worship. God is spirit. We need to worship him in spirit and in truth. We worship the true God in the true way. We exclaim his true attributes, and we do it with the right heart and the right spirit to worship and honor him. Are you going to come up here today with me? Can I hold you? No? <laughs> She's like, uh-uh, I know. And then she leaves. Because she's learned something about Jesus, right? Because she's like, I know when the Messiah comes, he's going he's gonna to explain everything. And Jesus, I, I love this. He's like, I, the one talking to you, I am he. And then she leaves. And this is where I want us to pick up the story. Because the first part is Jesus' conversation with her. We see how he, uh, we can emulate some of the things that he did. How he's asking her questions, drawing her in. He has a point he's going to make, but he's asking questions. He's listening. He's piquing her interest. He didn't just come in and be like, hey, guess what? I'm in the Messiah. He drew her in, and here's what we get in verse 28. Leaving her water jar, the woman went back into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? She told a story. It was a short story, right? All she said was, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he be the Christ? Could he be the Messiah? Because of her story, they came out of the town and made their way toward Jesus. Now, what's the outcome of her sharing this story, okay? Verse um, verse 39, many of the Samaritans of that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. You see, she had this encounter with Jesus, okay? And we can look at the ways that he approached her, and he broke down social barriers. Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. A man wasn't supposed to talk to a woman like that. Jesus didn't care about that. He asked her questions. He asked her to serve him. Sometimes we want to be all about serving. Sometimes we ask people for help. That's how you build relationships, right? We're willing to let people serve us. He drew the conversation back to himself, and then she had a story to tell. Simple story, little story. Here was a lady that was going out to the well in the heat of the day because she was an outcast in her society. And her encounter with Jesus gave her a story to tell. Where instead of being away from everybody, she's going to people saying, come and meet this man. He knew everything about me. Could he be the Messiah? Did her story save them? No. Did it pique their interest and draw them to Jesus Christ? Yes. Jesus stayed for two more days. And the people said, we believe not just because of your story, but because we've seen and encountered him. That's the power of a personal testimony. And you all have a testimony. Y'all have testimonies. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but I want us to look at another evidence in Scripture. So if you're in the book of John, flip back to the book of Mark. So Luke is right before John, and Mark is right before Luke. So Mark chapter 5, we get a man that's known by a couple of different names in Scripture. It's a demoniac, the man with a bunch of demons. What? Okay, this guy, okay, as we look here in Scripture, uh, he was an outcast in his society, okay, because, let me get to the right page here. 
In the region of the Gerasenes, Jesus gets out of boat, verse 2, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Verse 3, this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not with a chain. So this man was possessed by demons. They would bind him with chains and he would break them apart. He was running around the tombs. He was this crazy man, okay? He'd run around with no clothes on. He was just crazy, out of his mind, possessed by demons, okay? Verse 6, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shut out the top of his voice. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God you won't torture me. For this, Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. So Jesus said, come out of, come out of this man. And that's where we get the conversation where, where Jesus says, what's your name? I'm talking to the evil spirit. And the spirit says, legion, for we're many. Hey, can we, can we go into the pigs? Okay. So Jesus says, yes, you demons, you can go out into the pigs. Okay. There's these pigs that were um, feeding on the hillside. And the demons enter into the pigs and they run down into the sea and they drown. And the outcome of that is this. Verse 14. Those tending the pigs ran off, reported this in the town of the countryside. And the people went out to see what happened. When they came to Jesus, get this, they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. They saw the outcome of this, and they were terrified. What happened? This guy was crazy. He was nuts. Now he's fine, and all those pigs are gone. And what is their reaction here? Let's look at it. The people, oh, those who had seen it, told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man. They also told about the pigs, and the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Isn't that interesting? Like this man had this encounter with Jesus that changed his life, completely healed him, and set him free. And we would think, right? I mean, like, we would think, wow, you had this awesome miracle. Like, I want in on that. But they said, whoa, this is scary. This is, they didn't understand maybe. Maybe they were mad that all the pigs died. I don't know. We don't get that in scripture. But they said, Jesus, you got to go. That's too, we don't want that here. And then let's look at this here, up here on the screen. Verse 18. As Jesus is getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. Okay, out of all the people in that land, this man, like, you changed my life, Jesus. I want to go with you. I want to follow you, okay? But here's this. Jesus did not let him. But he said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. We don't get the rest of this story, okay? But here's the thing. Jesus did this miracle. People hear about it, and they're like, go away, Jesus. This guy wants to come and follow, and Jesus says, no, 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 you have a story to share to your people in your town and your village. You tell them how much I have done for you, the mercy the Lord has shown you, and the people were amazed. And I wonder if some of the same people that told Jesus to go away after hearing the story from this man and watching him live a different type of life, that maybe their heart changed from, we don't want Jesus, that's scary, that's, I don't know, that's, mm, to maybe there's something about this man. So you see, it's not the story that saves people, but you see, God has done a work in your life and my life. Now, maybe your testimony of how you came to Christ, maybe it's this really extreme testimony. I mean, sometimes we go places and you hear somebody that has this awesome testimony of how their life was just completely horrible, like they were in crime, drugs, alcohol, murder, or whatever, and they get saved, and their life is completely different. Like, wow, that's an awesome testimony. Some of you may be like me, that you were like born in the church, basically. 
And you've been a Christian from day one. Now, that doesn't mean you, you haven't had struggles in life. doesn't mean that you haven't walked in a time of sin. But your testimony, you, you feel like it's kind of vanilla. It's kind of like not, not all that great. We all have testimonies of how God has worked and is working in our life. And maybe your story is something that's going to resonate with somebody to pique their interest and to bring them to the Father. Because here's a key I want you to get. Not a testimony, but testimonies. And in case you didn't see it, there is a handout, a cheat sheet in your, in your bulletin. Okay, so, you, so I, I forgot about that last week and I didn't tell you until midway through the sermon. Okay, now there's a cheat sheet there because again, I want you to have tools in your tool belt. How do we share our stories? Because here's the thing. We don't just have one testimony. Your testimony, your story is not just how you became a Christian. That, that's one of those stories, Okay. Kevin Harney in the book Organic Outreach says this, we don't just have one testimony, we have many. Our testimonies are stories of God's power and presence in our lives. Every new day brings fresh stories of God's goodness and grace. You see, we don't just have one story, we have stories. And I think if we live our life with our eyes open, we can see the ways that we see God moving in our life. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. Because you see, you have a story to tell. Rebecca Pippert from her book, Out of the Salt Saker, says this. Every Christian has a personal story to tell. God has called you to be a very specific, very special person in your story, your life, is a testimony to God's goodness, to his grace, his forgiveness. So share who you are with people. Let them know you have struggles, but let them know that God has made a difference. Because you see... In our life, we want to be looking for the opportunities that we can share the story, the gospel, right? We also want to be looking for the opportunities we have to share how God is working in our life. What is our story? What are our stories that can relate to somebody else? That can pique their interest and draw them in, draw them to the one who is the Savior. But okay, we're not just going to take it from Rebecca. We're not going to take it from Kevin. We're not just going to take it from me. Let's look in Scripture, okay? I'm going to have these up on the slides, okay? Um, Because we're going to bounce around a little bit. Psalm 77, 15 through 16 says this. "My My mouth will tell of your righteousness, your salvation all day long, even though, uh, though I know not its measure. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. We see this all throughout the Psalm. And what he's done in our lives. Psalm 66, 16. Come and listen, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he's done for me. Let me tell you one of the stories in my life of how God has met me where I'm at and has shaped me and grown me. He's helped me through hard times. How about Psalm 105, verse 1? Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he's done. Let people know what God has done and is doing in your life. But it's not just the Psalms. 1 Peter, I love this verse, 1 Peter chapter 2. It says, but you all, y'all are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Remember we talked about we have a new identity in Christ. We're a chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation set apart. We're a people belonging to God. Why? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. 
God wants us to be sharing our stories of how God has called us out of darkness into light. And that can be the day that we met Christ and the change that has happened. That can be a tough time that you went through that felt like a dark time and how God pulled you through it. It can be a dark time that you're in right now and how the light and the foundation of Christ is is what is sustaining you. That people see that we're real people. We have real issues. And we have a real Savior that is really real And real to us. And it's a foundation of our life. Because Peter says, look, you you were once not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God wants us to share our stories. And and I want to include these next two verses, okay? It's not about sharing stories, okay? But it's the other part of sharing our faith. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul and live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing good, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You see, when we can tell our stories, and by God's grace when our life backs that up, those are people, you know what? Non-Christians, I think, sometimes wonder, do they really believe what they say they believe? And if they do, what difference does it make in their life? And I think by our stories and our witness of our life, we show a world that's watching. We really do believe what we say we believe. And that God really is real in our life. And we can say with confidence, I don't know where I would be without Christ. You ever been to a funeral of someone that wasn't a Christian? Or there's people there that weren't Christians? I don't know how they do it, Right? If I don't have the hope of Jesus, how do I, how? how? And you know what? We could all probably say that. That's part of our story. We have this hope. So where is God working in our lives and how can we share that with others? You see, God wants us to share our testimonies. So what is a testimony? We could use this definition. A testimony is is the, the telling of our story in a way that's authentic and compelling way of telling our story, telling an interaction with God, how God has worked in our life in a way that's authentic and compelling. We don't have to stretch it and make it bigger than what it is, right? The woman said, this guy told me everything about me. Could he be the Messiah? That was her story. It was authentic. It was compelling. The demoniac, this, I, I, I had all these demons in me and this man saved me from them. What's your story? Where has God met you and how can you share that with others? You see, when we talk about testimonies or sharing our story, it's not just like a memorized speech. And it's not just about how you came to Christ. That's one of your stories. And you know what? I I hope you can share that testimony with somebody. Hey, can I tell you how I came to know Jesus and the change he made in my life? Most disconnected people are interested in what Jesus is doing in your life today. They want to know if, if there really is something to this Christian faith. If there is a God, does he have the power to help them experience true and lasting life transformation? If God really is there, how did, how, how, what can he do in my life? Because my life is broken, right? I mean, the world is broken. So testimonies have an, are an opportunity for us to communicate that God is one who can answer prayer. That God is one who heals broken bodies. That he's the one that he can give us self-control in the areas that, he, that we lack. That he's the one that can restore shattered hearts, put together fragmented marriages, set us free from fear and worry and give us inner peace. That God is the one who can release people from their addictions. 
That God is the one that can be the help in our depression and anxiety. And that word help is the idea of like a ship tossed by the waves and you have this thick chain or rope that's wrapped around it to hold it together. That God literally is the one that holds us together in the darkest times of our life. He's the God who can wash away sin and remove the cloud of guilt. He's the God who can free us from the fear of death. He's a God that can comfort the lonely and hurting. He's a God who can give new purpose and direction and life. And that's not an exhaustive list there. And when we share our stories, people see God and Jesus as somebody that is real in our life and can be real in their life too. I want to read you, um, well, I want to share a little bit about tips for sharing our stories. You see, if God is, is working and active in our life, we can share about what he's doing. So a little bit later, we'll have an opportunity to think a little bit about maybe stories that we can share, okay? But what I want to do, and this is on, on your handout, your cheat sheet, okay? And if you didn't get one on the bulletin, there's more bulletins out there, okay? If you're watching online, okay, you can go on our website, the resources tab, and you can download this cheat sheet, okay? Also, all the other cheat sheets we've used the last couple of weeks are there on our website as well. So uh, Skiff Lake bible.org resources tab and um, you can see some of the resources you can download uh, those feel free to, to email them share them or whatever they're there for your help because again we have stories to share whether you realize it or not you have a story to share you have stories to share i want to give you tools in your tool belt so that you can share these stories so how do we share stories? Tips for sharing stories okay and i got these from uh, kevin harney from the book organic outreach number one Ask for permission and don't be pushy, okay? So, like, if you sense an open door, you can say, hey, would you mind if I told you a little bit about a way God has changed my life? Or I'd like to tell you how I first had a relationship with Jesus Christ. Would that be all right with you? Asking a question allows the person, it respects them and allows them to say, yeah, I want to hear that, or no, I'm not ready for that. I mean, how many of you love getting a call from a telemarketer that just jumps right in? Hey, Mr. Kleepel. Yep, you don't know me, that's for sure, okay? Uh, I'm going to sell you this thing. And it's like, you don't know me. I don't really care about that product. Or how about the ones that are just recordings, okay? Like, it's a recording. Like, if I hear that and it sounds like a recording, I just go like, hello? Because if it's a person, they'll, they'll, they'll stop and talk to me. If it's a recording, I'm like, I, no. Maybe it was something cool, but no, I don't, I don't want some robot to be talking to me, okay? People know when they're just getting a sales pitch, right? And so when we have the opportunity to say, hey, like your story re- resonated with me in this way, and I'd love to share about how a, a way that God has worked in my life and helped me through something similar, would that be okay with you? A lot of times I think people would say, yeah. Because God has, has made us not just to be isolated and alone, but we love to hear people's stories and we love for people to hear ours, right? So ask for permission and, and don't be pushy. If they say no, it's okay. Pray that God will, give, will, will keep working on their hearts that he'll bring someone there, that he'll get them ready. Number two, use ordinary language. Okay, some of like the words that we have as Christians, they're rich, right, in communicating with Christians. Like we know what they mean, okay? And we're like, is there a better word than grace? Like there's not really another word to talk about God's grace, right? But what are some other words like that, that if you just start talking to people, they're like grace. You like when you say thanks for food at Thanksgiving, right? What are some other words maybe that are like powerful words for us as Christians, but if we just start sharing it with somebody who doesn't know, well, just throw some out there. What was that? Free gift. Free gift. Yeah, and they're like, okay, free. I get free, I get gift, but they don't understand what that means. What else? What was that? 
You didn't earn it. Yeah. What are some of the, what are some of the, maybe theological words we put out there? Perfect. That's a great one. Yeah. Okay. Have you been sanctified? Have you been atoned? Have you been justified by the blood of the lamb? Like we know what that means, right? Most of us to be justified is awesome, right? To be justified by the blood of Jesus Christ that brings sanctification. That means a lot to me. But for a lot of people, it doesn't mean anything to them. So if we're going to use words like that, we've got to make sure we define it. Even words like grace. Even words like hope. Because when you talk about hope, you talk about wishful thinking. That's not Christian hope. So what, how can we substitute different things? Okay? And whether that means to define it, like, I know I've been justified. That means I've been made just as if I never sinned. As if I'm completely clean. Atonement means to be covered over. So you can say, when Jesus died in my place, like it functions as this cover that covers me over. That it, it blocks out all of my sin. So some of those words that are so rich, we either got to define them or we got to have a different word that, that, to, to, um, to share for that. God's grace. God's grace is his favor and his love in, in, towards us, even though we don't, we, we don't earn it. We could never earn it. We don't deserve it. So we want to ask for permission without being pushy. We want to make sure that we use ordinary language that they understand or at least define the words um, when we use them. Number three, start briefly and share more as it becomes appropriate. Okay, Um, a short testimony is almost always better than a long one. You can start with one experience, a couple minutes, a minute maybe, and then, then, you know, could I share a little bit more? There are, there are opportunities. I mean, we've probably all been in a place where somebody just shared this half-hour story with us, and like by the middle of it, we're just like, uh, 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 okay, this is cool, but I, I'm having trouble paying attention, right? We've all been there. And so we share a little bit of a story. Hey, can I share some more? Maybe they say, yeah. Or maybe they say, mm, I, I don't know yet. Well, hey, maybe we can grab coffee sometime. We can talk a little bit more about it. We're building relationships. We're, we're seeking to use our story to point them to Jesus Christ. In the book, Organic Outreach, Kevin, uh, the author, challenges people to write down a story in about 100 words or less, okay? That's, that's a good challenge. That's one of your so what's. I'm going to give you a challenge, okay? Now, um, I did that a handful of years ago. I did it again this week. I didn't quite get to 100 words, okay? I got to less than 200, which for me, that's good, okay? Because I was always the kid in high school that I'd like turn a paper in that they didn't say how long or short it had to be. We just had to do all this analysis work, a really, really boring paper to write, even more boring to proofread, even more boring to grade. And I'd, be, I'd turn it in and I'd go, I'm sorry. And I'd walk away. And she'd have to read my like, you know, 16-page paper of boringness. But I'm like, you assigned it. It's your fault, okay? So here is an example of what a story could be, okay? So this is, this is my story. Oh, a blank page. That's not my story. All right, so I think this is 180-some words, okay? Um, I'm a recovering perfectionist. The ugly side of this often led to despair. I could never be good enough. I always felt like I had to be the one to make sure all of my sins were dealt with. I had to examine every little thing and make sure I confessed any and every possible sin inside. Talk about exhausting and debilitating. As I've grown, I've realized the powerful freedom of trusting Christ to forgive and save me. Jesus took care of all of my sins on the cross. My salvation is not based on how good I am at dealing with my sin. My salvation is based on Christ's perfection and his death in my place. Every day is like a breath of fresh air in the awesome love of God, knowing I can lay down my perfectionism and rest. The freedom is palpable, and it spurs me on to live my life on purpose for Christ. 
I'm not perfect in this by any means, and that's okay. God is growing me and working in the midst of my brokenness. Now, that was 200 words or less. Didn't take much time. I probably have some language to clean up in there, maybe, okay? And not in the way you're all thinking, okay? I have some language language to clean up in there to maybe make it more accessible. But that is not the story of how I became a Christian. The story of how I became a Christian was when I was eight years old. I saw my brother... He was baptized a year before, put his faith in Jesus, and I was like, I want to be able to do that. He did it on Christmas because he wanted his life to be a gift to God, and I'm like, that sounds cool. I want to do that, okay? This is a story of how God is growing me and has grown me over the last couple of years. It's what God is doing in me right now, and it's just one story. And so a challenge I give you is take the time this week, 100 words, maybe 200 words, write a story you have because here's the thing. It's not about me memorizing this story and be able to spout it out. But if I don't write it down, I just have this vague concept of something. When I write it down, I'm like, yeah, God has helped move me from perfectionism to realizing I can rest in his perfectness. From debilitation to purpose in life. From fear to rest. And because I wrote it down, I, I, I can wrap myself around it more. And I can share it not with exactly those same words. But until you write it down, it's just this vague story out there. So I encourage you, take some time this week to write it down because you may be surprised of the stories that you have that are in your life, but you don't think they're stories. Number four, highlight God's presence and power. Like we have a real authentic relationship with Jesus. In the good, in the bad, he's there. I try to do that in, in my story. Like, as I've grown and I realize just what Jesus' death means for me, That's his presence and his power. Here's how it's changed my life. So highlight that. That when you kind of look at your story, where I was, how I'm growing, where I am now, and make sure God is the center point of that. Number five, clearly present the before and after pictures. Okay, you could have from hate-filled and self-centered relationships to loving and caring relationships. From a life without purpose and direction to a life of deep meaning and clear direction. From fear of death to confidence in this life and hope of eternity from loneliness to a sense of belonging in god's family from anxiety to peace from financial irresponsibility and fear to hard work and financial stability from selfishness to generosity from addiction and enslavement to freedom from addictions we can all look at places we were at and places we're at now now here's the thing don't get so hung up if you're not perfectly here You still may be in this path of God growing you and leading you. But we can share how God has taken us from one place and has taken us to the other, and we're still on the journey. And we can share that story. And for me, in my story, it was the paralysis that comes from thinking, I have to check all the boxes. Not that I had to be perfect, but I had to make sure that everything got covered by Jesus' blood. Like, like, like he he didn't just take care of that 2,000 years ago, right? And then knowing that, being able to sing a song like that, I'm a child of love with joy because I know what that freedom means. We present the before and after pictures. Number six, we share the source of life transformation. Okay, uh, It's not because I got religious or I started going to church or, or even I started to read the Bible more. Like Jesus Christ is the one that bringing about this transformation in my life. Make sure you hit that. You highlight it, right? Because that's what it is. God, by his spirit, Jesus Christ, we're working together in our life to bring us from A 
to be, so to speak. Number seven, let joy shine through. You know, I, I was reading a book this week about evangelism, and there's this story, and it, and it struck me as kind of funny. Okay, there was a church. They were going to get a new pastor, and they're going to meet him at the train station. And this man gets off of the train, and they think he's their pastor. And the guy says, no, no, I, I'm not your pastor. I just have a stomachache. Okay? Because sometimes people think Christians have to be all like, you know, because we're all somber and solemn and holy. But you know what? There's joy in knowing that God loves us, right? Christians should be the most joyful people. Now, if, if, if you don't have that joy or you struggle with depression, don't let that be like a put down. But you know what? When we know who we are in Christ, there is this joy that flows through. And it's not there all the time. And, and that's okay. We go up and down. But in our stories, we can let the joy shine through because this is what God is doing. And I'm still a work in in process. I'm not fully there yet, but I know one day I will be and I can let that joy flow through. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, One of my favorite verses in scriptures is this one. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean... How many people need that in their life, right? The God of hope, confident expectation, fill us with joy and peace as we trust him that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. I mean, like our world needs that, right? In the midst of the anxiety and the fear and the depression that is so rampant in the world, we need to know that God is the one that fills us. He's the one that wraps himself around us when the storms of life seem to throw us back and forth. So let joy shine through. Number eight, Communicate with humility. A story is not a bludgeon to pound people into submission, okay? It's not a I'm right and you're wrong or I'm holy and you're not because guess what? You're not holy. I'm not holy apart from Jesus. What it is, it's God is moving in our lives and we're grateful. This is how God has moved in my life. This is how he's changing me. And it's this offering. This is what God is doing to me. And maybe it's like, I wonder if God could do that for me too. Maybe that's what somebody's thinking. Finally, number nine, remember you have many testimonies. Don't just get locked into one testimony. Take the time to think about what are different areas in my life, how God has brought me from here to here, or he's helped me through this struggle, or this was a hard time in my life, and this is how God helped me through, because we have a lot of different experiences. So we can think about what is relevant to them. Maybe they share a story and you can say, hey, like, I've been through a time that's kind of like that. Can I, share how God, can I share how God helped me through that? Or can I share about why I have hope even though the world is so messed up? And you can share a story about that. You have many stories. You have many testimonies. We don't change lives by our stories. We don't have all the answers. But we can speak about what God is doing in our lives. And you know what? Your story may just be what somebody needs to hear. The story that I wrote out, I've shared bits and pieces of that in different words with different people. Um, when it's been, they come in and talk to me and they talk about the guilt that they feel and that they can't be good enough. And I can say, hey, I understand that. Here's, here's how, I, how God is, can I share a story with you, how God has helped me in that to encourage them where they're at. What, what's your story that you have that God wants to use in the people of your life? Because your story is going to be different from my story and can impact somebody in a different way. So what does this mean for us? Okay? Here's, here's your homework, okay? And I challenge you to do this, okay? Try the 100 words exercise. Or if you want to do 200, that's okay, okay? 
Write a story down that you could share with somebody. Look at like an area where you've experienced growth or transformation. Maybe it's how you became a Christian, whatever. Some type of story in your life that you can write it down. Try to capture God's part in the process. Remember, the goal is not you write this down to memorize it. The goal is to learn to be brief when we're sharing. To learn the story. To write it down so you know, yeah, I have that story. I can share that sometime. So I challenge you to to do that. And I encourage you also, let's keep praying for the people that we wrote down on on that, that list. The five people we're praying for. That God will work in their hearts, work in their lives. That he'll remove blinders. That that. You know, for some of the people I'm praying for, they need to just know that, that God's grace is big enough to cover their sin. Some people need to know that they are not good enough. And so there's, we need to be praying for them. Continue to seek opportunities to build relationships and to share your faith and your stories with people. Because you know what? And I don't say this to be like, oh, look. Over the last couple months, as I've really been studying and seeking and, and trying to, I want to live this out. I don't want to just preach about it, Okay. I want to live it out. And I'm not perfect in it, okay? I'm not. I can tell you stories of how, like, I had a golden opportunity and I, like, missed it, okay? But as I've been seeking and praying, it is cool to see opportunities, relationships being formed. Because God is, not, not because of me, God is working. And I think it's as I'm seeking him in that, he's, he's, he's putting it out there in front. And you know what? It's an exciting thing. It really is. It's fun. To interact. And pray for this person. I want to get to know them better because I know that Jesus can help them. There's a man I'm praying for that that song, This is Amazing Grace. I'm like, he he knows so much about Christianity, but God, he needs to know your grace. He needs to know your light that can overcome the darkness. God is working and moving, and we want to join him in that work. So I encourage you, take the time, type it up, write it down, type it on your phone, whatever. Get a story down. And I think from there, maybe you'll see you have other stories that you can share. Because these are tools in our tool belt. Uh, And the final thing I want to share as our our praise band comes on up is, let's this week, let's let's put in some extra prayer as we prepare as a church for this trunk or treat event. Because you know what? Like, is it a fun event for families and kids? And are we giving out candy? Yes, we're doing that. Do we want to be a blessing to the community by providing a fun place? And, you know, kids love candy, right? We're showing them love by giving them candy. Yes, we do. We also want this to be a time. This is a great time to put into practice what we've been preaching about. If you're here volunteering, it's not just about giving candy. There's ways we can connect with the kids. Some of these kids, this may be the only experience they've had at a church property. And they can come in and they can not just have the games and the candy, but they can have some adults that are like, man, that's an awesome costume. What did you think of? How did you think that up? That's so cool. To have an adult that they don't know pour into them words of life, words of encouragement, words of blessing, you have no idea what that may mean in the story of their life. So if you've signed up for that, I don't want you to go in just thinking, I've got this game to run and candy to fill out. Awesome. We're going to do that. Let's see, how can, how can we be a blessing? How can we be Jesus to the people here? Words of light, words of love. Can we see them through their Halloween mass as real people in need of a real Savior and just seek to be the hands and feet and heart of Jesus to them? And we're praying that God will use this opportunity. It, it's not like a story, it's an event. But an event to kind of pique interest 
Because we're all about pointing people to who? Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And how awesome would it be if somebody could share a story someday? Can I tell you how I became a Christian? Well, I came to this church. And I went there because there was this fun event. And I played some games. And I got candy. And you know what? Then we started coming to their WANA program. And I connected with people there. And I don't know how it all happened because I was a kid, but, but that's my introduction to the faith that I now have. What a blessing. Let's pray. God, I am so thankful that you are a God of love, a God who is seeking and searching you. Like you are pursuing me every day, and I thank you for that. God, will you give us your heart of love for the world around us? God, will you help us to be faithful in praying for those that don't know you? God, will you help us to be faithful in making connections and interactions? And God, give us the boldness of when there's opportunities for us to share about you, share a story, share our faith. Help us not to be afraid to create those opportunities. God, give us boldness. Because you love the world so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for a sinner like me, like us. And God, you've called us to be your missionaries, your ambassadors, your witnesses that the world may know you. God, find us faithful. God, I'm praying for stories to come out of this event on Wednesday. That you, in your sovereignty and your love and your amazingness, can use something as simple as candy to draw somebody to you. God, how awesome is that? We're yours, God. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.